This is John Jackson Miller, writer of Star Wars A New Dawn, and welcome to Execute Chapter 66. Hello and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss canon, legends, and beyond. Tonight we are taking a trip on the beautiful and luxurious Halcyon Cruiser with The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis. My name is Beth Van Dusen and with me as always are Ryan Schweck and Chad J. Schonk. Over to you first, Chad. This is your reminder that this is a book club and not a review show. We are going to spoil this book. Also, over the course of our conversation, we may spoil a great many things Star Wars, just whatever comes to our mind. We're going to just talk Star Wars and something comes up. Oops, sorry, we spoiled it. So that has been your spoiler warning. Ryan, uh, anything going on at all? Well. (laughs) This uh, little show you may have heard about called Andor came out. Um, I mean, you know. It's fine. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's fine. Just kidding. It's the best thing that's ever existed. <laughs> if you don't like it, you're objectively wrong. <laughs> and you know nothing about Star Wars and have bad taste. We are not going to go into it and all the awesome things that are in it. Because in, you know, about I don't two months or so, <laughs> we'll have a nice episode with some friends on to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far it is. It's so good. And... That whole thing about there not being fan service was a complete and total lie. Like they are doing, they're doing it how it should be. It's not like a, Oh, here's a cameo. All of a sudden it is really nice intertwined comments here and there, things in the background. You've got to know what to, you know, if you know it, you know it. It's so good. Well, there's also a fine line to me between fan service and just continuity. Yeah. Like, to, to, to me, like, there's certain times, certain sometimes they call something fan service, and I'm like, no, that's just part of the world. That's just continuity with the rest of the world. Yeah, and there's yeah. a little of both in Andor, right? Like, yeah. you know, mentioning, and we won't go into it much, but, like, mentioning that, like, Slime Wars coming over to dinner, like, that's a good continuity, I think. Like, yeah. that, yeah, these people are around. Now, putting the armor of... Uh, star killer in it that that that's fan service and it was still that's good yeah. and it was awesome <laughs> it was amazing but anyway so yeah andor keeps coming out it's excellent excellent um and other news and toy news pulse con has come and gone um you know not not too much we got the next wave of black series so we got Andor, Bricks, Lucent, and Mom Mothma. And then they just kind of threw Axe Wolves into that wave for some reason. I guess they didn't really have a good way to release him. So those all came out, or you can order them. They did not come out. Um, the only one you can get right now is the Andor Deluxe set that has B, the droid, in it, which is shipping now. You can purchase. Um, and then Walmart Collector Con. Um, is about to start, and it will have the Werewookie, and from Andor, we'll have Andor in the Imperial Armor, and the, um, so it's just like a random 
Imperial Officer. Doesn't even have a name. Figure looks great. I mean, looks like an Imperial Officer, but... Wait, um, it's going to be Andor in an Imperial Army outfit? It's not an army outfit. It almost looks like he's in Mimbian armor. I was going to say, is it like the Han from Mimbian? Yeah, it figure? looks kind of like that. He doesn't have a helmet on, but he's got like the chest plate on. They released a whole bunch of vintage figures, which you know I don't keep up with. But one, one thing I did really like, they're releasing the whole jizz band in the vintage collection in one big box. So instead of the Black Series, where you've got to buy you know, six individual figures and you just kind of get the instruments with one. It's just a big box. Yeah. Which is, and it looks real nice. And it's the whole band too. It's not just the three members. Oh yeah. It's all six. Yeah. It's nice. Um, on the video game side, this is somewhat worrying. Apparently Lucasfilm wants a star Wars game to be released every six months. And so they want a bad star Wars game to be released every six months. Nothing streams quality like every six months a game coming out. Now, I mean, that could be, it's a mix, I'm sure, of Lego and shitty mobile games. Some mobile crap. And yeah, yeah. And then they'll have the big tent poles like Jedi Outcast and whatever in the world, you know, they're working on. That one game they announced, Eclipse, is that what it's called? I can't remember. Uh, Um, Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So they're going to do that. And then our final bit of news that is Star Wars related, um, Bob Iger and uh, John Williams, which I didn't know this. We might have talked about it, but apparently before Queen Elizabeth died, both were knighted, honorary knighted. And so now yeah. it's Sir They're, not, they're not British, right? So. Yeah, they're not British, but they're honorary knights. So that's just a cool little thing that happened. But yeah, I mean, most of the news is just Andor and getting – all the stuff out for that. Chad, what's going on in the comic books? We have uh, Dr. Afra number 24 by Wong and Jung. Uh, even more about the Ascendant. We're still dealing with the Ascendant and the Spark Eternal. Um, uh, more diving into Afra's subconscious and more murder droids than you can shake a lightsaber at. Well, okay, two murder droids. And if you shook a lightsaber at them, they'd probably kill you. But... BT and triple zero. Yay. Yay. I'm glad they're back. Uh, and then uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca number six by Guggenheim and Messina. Chewie fights for his life aboard a prison ship. He's not trapped in there with them. They're trapped in there with him. Also, Mas Kanata. I'm having a hard time getting into that one. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's all I can say for it. I, say, I think it's fine. Yeah, I haven't that, really. That and Obi-Wan comes out. and I'm like, eh. I mean, I'll read them. I, I read them. Uh, Obi-Wan's over with. Yeah. Now, but uh, Han, I think, is ongoing. Yeah, it is. And um, I like the fact that this 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 episode, this episode, this issue concentrated a lot on Chewie. Because uh-huh. it is called Han Solo and Chewbacca. So they concentrated a lot on Chewie this time. So maybe they can find a lot of fertile ground exploring both characters. Uh-huh. It's it's been okay. The story, the this initial storyline's been a little lackluster, but we'll see where it goes. But no, that's that's it. That's all that's come out since. Okay, this is it, everyone. We're here to have some fun. Come on! Welcome aboard the Halcyon, the most luxurious star cruiser in the galaxy. I'm Lando Calrissian. 
newly appointed ambassador of the Chandrilla Starline, where your journey is our privilege. Hey, look guys, it's Lando. Hey Lando. That's a Holovid fan. Isn't it great? No stormtroopers, no TIE fighters, no threat of galactic annihilation. It'll be an adventure, a vacation adventure. It's a nice idea, buddy, but... Do heroes even take vacations? <laughs> Just look at all these activities. Oh, oh, you love your activities, buddy. I do. I do love activities. Well, tonight, before we go on our Halcyon honeymoon, we're going to have another quick Halcyon vacation uh, with the recently released Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. This is the third of the Lego Star Wars specials that has come out on Disney Plus with the Christmas one and the Halloween coming out before this. So what I thought we'd do is just kind of go through the different sections and talk about them a little bit. So our basic tie-in to all the stories like they always do on these, we get the sequel cast going on a kind of, I guess, farewell vacation um, before they all go their separate ways. So we get all our main sequel cast. Um, including Rose. Including Rose. And we get to kind of hear what they're going to do next with Poe going to train X-Wings and Ray's going to go do find some more Jedi books. and Finn is going to go find other Force sensitives. Yeah. Rose is going to do something. And so it kind of ties in with Finn feeling sad because his friends are all busy and not talking to him. And so he gets kind of <laughs> visits from Force ghosts. Um, yeah, he gets visited <laughs> by three Force ghosts. Yeah. I did like some of the, the tie-in stuff, or the I guess whatever you want to call it, them on the Halcyon. There was some pretty funny stuff in there. Like, they let them poke fun at the Halcyon a little bit, which I thought was hilarious. Like, the big Lando, uh, the hologram who kept saying things like, it's a luxuries, it's my cake <laughs> collection, and things like that, which were really funny. And I was surprised they, I said some of the like, digs they let them make. So for our first... Uh, Vignette, I guess. Uh, we get Obi-Wan visiting Finn. Who are you? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there. Obi-Wan Kenobi? From the Battle of Geonosis? And the attack on Felucia? And the Siege of Ryloth? And I'm kind of a Clone Wars expert. It is an honor, Sir General. Sir General, a uh, General Kenobi. No need to stand on ceremony, young Finn. Call me Obi-Wan. We're on vacation, after all. Ray once told me that past Jedi may appear to help guide us in times of need. Is that why you're here? What is it? Is it another Death Star? A second order? Is the Emperor coming back again? Again? No. I sensed a Jedi in need of counsel. Oh. Uh, Ray's somewhere on the ship, but I'm not sure where. I'm talking about you. Obi-Wan who straight confirms Finn is a Jedi <laughs> like, yeah. at the bar. Like, yeah, no, no choice about it. And we get to see uh, a younger Obi-Wan on his time on Tatooine in a Hawaiian shirt helping a rebellion pilot get some, I don't know, whatever stuff, whatever fuel it was. It was coaxium. It was yeah. coaxium. It was, was coaxium. It coaxium. Yeah. Um, and so the main gist of it is, you know, he performs this Gamorrean girl's song to distract them so she can steal the coaxium from Jabba. Um, overall, I really liked it. 
Gamorian girls and Gamorian guys fly like a ship through the star-filled skies. Gamorian guys and Gamorian girls moving like a group and tell you out of this world. I thought that was the best song. Nicole Brown from Community, I think. Oh. Yeah, I- Yvette Nicole Brown. I recognized her Yvette. voice instantly. Yeah, I believe that was her playing the the U wing pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Uh, it was funny, and that was really him doing the voice too, right? Obi Wan from the show. Yeah. Yeah. James Arnold Taylor, James yes. Taylor Arnold, something like that. that. But um, um, but what's the lesson of this one? Uh, what was the lesson of that one? Really, it was. It's okay to have fun. Yeah, wear a Hawaiian yeah. shirt and yeah, and uh, rap badly. Yeah. <laughs> lesson, yeah you you have to let go sometimes and be free. Yeah. yeah. Was the Obi Wan lesson, which I mean, kind of ties into the Obi Wan show where he was sad Obi Wan looking at the desert our second which was <laughs> probably the more hyped of the three because weird al um was the scarif beach party um where the emperor sad not liking his uh empire day celebration decides to go on a vacation to scarif uh where he wants to become king of the beach ruler of the beach and we get a uh, Weird Al Scarif Beach Party song and a montage of them beating other teams by cheating, which I appreciated. <laughs> Anakin was our force ghost here coming out with his scuba gear on, which was pretty <laughs> funny. I let him do the, the breathing with it. Who are you? Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker. This day just gets weirder and weirder. Let me guess, you sense a Jedi in trouble and want to help. That's why the Sky Guy is here, to get in with Finn. So, what's up? Oh, I planned a trip to hang out with my friends, but from the moment we took off, everything went wrong. First, I lose him. Then, I find him. Then, I lose him again, and, and, and oh, oh, and Obi-Wan Kenobi says, I have to have fun in the moment. But here I am alone, again. Uh, hold up. Obi-Wan said have fun? Really? Obi-Wan? Kenobi? Uh Uh-huh. I can't even do that. Sand, right? It gets everywhere. (sighs) Sheev's not wrong. Like, what else is his day? He gets up, he has a light (laughs) breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. And then what else does he do all day? He doesn't have any Jedi to kill. He doesn't have a galaxy to conquer. He's like Eddie. He's like Eddie Ezzard's Hitler. Death, 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 death. Afternoon tea. <laughs> I think he says like I didn't become the ruler of the, all of the galaxy to sign Senate orders on taxes again. <laughs> well, yeah, and, he, and the, uh, Masa Mita shows up with the little data pad. Oh look, the Senate is squabbling over taxation of outlying trade routes. What else is new? You know the drill: smash it, squash it, crush it. You know, it was funny. It definitely, you know, it's got that Emperor Vader kind of back and forth. It's phenomenal familiar. And it's, you know, we've talked about, it's clearly the Emperor from Robot Chicken. Like, Yeah, Seth yeah. MacFarlane and Seth Green need to sue them. 
Yeah, that's just him. Um, <laughs> that's just what they've decided now. Is that that is comedy emperor? But Seth MacFarlane deserves a check, even if it's not him. Yeah, our our lesson for this one was what anywhere you go, you can have fun. Well, no, the <laughs> lesson for this one was uh, it's not it's not oh, work yeah. if you, it's not work if you work. love what you do. That's what it is. I did like when they said that too. Um, Finn yells, "Did I just get a lesson from the emperor?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, "Did I just learn a life lesson from from the emperor?" And he's, and uh, I think Anakin's like, "Try not to think about it," <laughs> and dives back into the water. Um, and this is uh, this is Matt Matt Lanter as well doing the voice and calling himself Sky Guy. That made me happy a little bit. Yeah, and we have Weird Al and and a group of Bith musicians um, mm-hmm. playing Scarif Beach Party. I like the idea that Scarif went from like a beach resort to a. We, we find out the origin of the of the base on Scarif. <laughs> yeah, that's great. We can put a massive data center right there. Did you notice when Finn was on the beach though? He when he was making a sandcastle, he made Castle Vader. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Overall, that one's pretty good. I really enjoyed Vader being humiliated by having to rub lotion on Sheev <laughs> and his clear unhappiness about doing it. Just think, think of, first of all, think about doing that. You know, it's all wrinkly. Yeah. You know, uh, out of curiosity, I just looked before we recorded tonight just to see how old that cartoon was. That episode of Robot Chicken was 15 years ago. Get the fuck out of town. Uh-huh. And they are still riding that joke. Oh, I still quote that thing all the time. Well, like, I mean, I do too. The Sheev going, <laughs> he's crying. Had <laughs> a mommy, panda bear. What the hell's an aluminum falcon? Oh, it's so good. It will never stop being good. I, I'm sorry. It's just a bad day. The Death Star blown up by a couple of teenagers. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell at you. And uh, so then our final force ghost who appears is Leia. And we get a, what I thought really was the best one, where we get to see kind of Ben and Han and Leia who went back to Endor. Um, well, first they go to Mimbin. They do go to Minbin first, yeah, and it's Han is because Han is taking Ben on a tour of all of his greatest hits. Yeah, <laughs> so he brings him to Minbin because that's where him and Chewie met. Yeah, oh yeah. And, right. and on Minbin, they get to see the third biggest ball of mud in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Reminds me of what's that Weird Al song? Uh, the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they go to Indoor, which is trying to be turned into a resort by the state's Thomas Lennon. Yeah, by Tom Lennon. (laughs) So as he opened his mouth, it's like, that's Tom Lennon. Lennon." (laughs) I thought the same thing. And we get, you know, Ben with some local youths questioning his flying skills and he steals the Falcon and bad things happen. And then Han finally lets him fly it. So he'll save it. And it's very sweet and nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, he 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 ends up navigating the Falcon through the debris field. Yeah. Um left over from the Death Star. And, and then um, we get that nice scene of them dropping him off with Luke. Like Yeah. I want to see Hunky Dory. <laughs> I want to see that scene in canon. And yeah. I'll say they play it really good. Like it there's a little emotional stuff in there about them yeah. letting him go and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's the lesson of part three, right? It's just let go. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you have to let people go and go on their own paths or whatever. Now that yeah. path later will be stabbing your dad. But <laughs> for now. But for now. It will, lead, it will lead to that. Yeah. 
I liked all of them going, wait, Obi-Wan was having fun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good stuff, too. Was there incredulity at the, the idea of Obi-Wan having relaxing? So, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was a good special. I like these little Lego shows. I don't know that there's another planned right now or. Oh, it's got to be. I mean, I'm sure they're doing really well. Uh, surely they've got another Halloween one in them. They could always go back to a yeah. holiday. They could go back to Vader's castle for sure. Yeah. And, you know, like people point out, this is the first time we kind of see post-sequel characters. Right now, the only way to see them is on the Lego show. Han! Leia asked, her head tilted up at him. I want you, he stated flatly. Me? She looked around. Although the base below had been bustling with activity, this part of the village was remarkably quiet. For what? Forever, Han said. Leia's confusion shifted to something else, something he couldn't quite read. He never could tell everything going on in her mind, and he loved that about her. He loved her. She was a princess, the face of the rebellion, the new government's greatest hope, a symbol more than a person. But she was also just Leia, and she was his. Han needed her the same way he needed the Falcon. Sure, he could fly without her, but what was the point? Marry me, Han said. Leia, usually so calm and collected, with the ability to face down Vader himself, could not hide her shock in that moment. Her eyes widened, her lips parted, and the rest of her body stilled frozen in surprise. Han felt the corner of his lips twisting up, watching as Leia didn't try to hide her shock. She didn't hide her desire, either. He was hers, too. Love. Love. Exciting and new. <laughs> Come aboard. <laughs> We're expecting you. <laughs> Love. Oh my Life's God. Sweetest reward. <laughs> Let it flow. It floats back to you. <laughs> The Halcyon will soon set sail, making its run. The Halcyon, exciting and fun. <laughs> so this week we will be talking about the Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis. The Halcyon promises something for everyone. As we start the Princess and the Scoundrel, the Death Star has been destroyed, the Emperor has been, whatever the explanation is now for what's going on with him, and all the yubs have been nubbed. Leia is struggling with coming to grips with Vader as her father, Luke putting on some kind of creepy pressure to be a Jedi, 
and what comes next for the New Republic. And with the help of Lando, the idea that was so pointedly explored in Waterworld, who has the fuel controls the power. Han decides he can't be without Leia, and they decide to get married. And with the help of Mon Mothma, they have an awesome Ewok bachelor party and wedding in the trees. Then, in a part honeymoon, part PR mission, they are off on the Halcyon. Leia ends up doing boring diplomatic stuff, society hijinks, and learning that the rich really don't care about their war, including receiving a message from... Moderers, Prime Minister Yens, whose planet is full of art, and also the fuel of the week, Cranium. After a Sabat game with a crew where Han meets some shady characters, he also meets Keyled, the scumbag engineer who worked for the Empire, now desperate for money, somewhat thinks he's going to somehow kidnap Leia and gets locked up aboard the Halcyon. Han and Leia trick the captain to change course to see the ice castles in Mordor. Upon arriving, they find much has been destroyed, and there's a totally not suspicious black tower sticking out of the ground that no one will talk about. After a day or two of some help with the locals, they discover that the earthquakes plaguing the planet are from the Empire drilling into the core after the Prime Minister made a deal. And surprise, the Empire altered it. Turns out Han and Leia were going to be sent home with some of the information and a hidden message on some art about what's going on, but they went ahead and jumped the gun on that with their running around and snooping, where they discover that the Empire's drill is lasering into the core under the supervision of ISV agent Beck. They then end up teaming up with the locals to take down and sink the laser drill that's set to destroy the planet within days. They have a underwater attack that climaxes with Leia using the Force to get help with some giant beasts, destroying the drill, but not before the top flies away to be caught when the Rebellion shows up. In the end, scumbag Keelan stays to help engineer the planet back to health, paid for by the New Republic with no condition to join, making the Republic look great to the rest of the galaxy. Leia decides she needs to look more into that Jedi training, and her and Han are ready for their life together. The Halcyon sails on with a new stop on its journey that you two can join now at DisneyParks.com. The end. I really, really wanted you to just sing your whole <laughs> summary. Kind of sad that you stopped singing. I am, all right. It definitely did not have as much Halcyon content as I was expecting. They were very restrained with it. Now I did, you know, I mean, there's definitely like, and we'll get to the Halcyon part in a little while, but D309, who's the droid, and Keevan, who's kind of their concierge that helps them out. Those are both characters at Galaxy's Edge, at the resort. Yeah, so they're on there. Um, But before we get there, let's break into the bachelor party wedding. <laughs> I mean, before that, like... You okay. walk bachelor party. Here's my first question. They do a lot of kind of flips in this book and stretches to be like, well, I think we got a few weeks off here. Like, I think we're okay for a few weeks after the Death Star. 
Like, yeah. I am pretty sure that's not how war works. Like, mm-hmm. It's not like the Empire was like, Masamata and them were like, well, Death Star's gone. I guess we need to take a few weeks and regroup. Everybody take 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 a take a little time, and uh, we'll circle back in the morning. Mm-hmm. Come back fresh. Yeah. I'm okay with the wedding. Yeah, like, the wedding makes sense. That that's fine. Um, but then I agree with Leia that there's not time for a honeymoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there shouldn't be time no. for a honeymoon. I agree with Leia. Like, like, it, just just to jump into it. Han tells Chewie to go back and be with his family. Because mm-hmm. is under imperial control for right. another six months, seven months, according to Aftermath. Yeah. Right? Like, he can't just go home and visit Mala. It doesn't work that way. There were th- mm-hmm. there are things that, like, th- this book can't decide. I know that's part of, it's, it's part of the book, but it's a frustrating part of the book. It's intentional. Mm-hmm. Is the book can't decide whether the war is over or not. I mean, I know that Kanan has fully decided how that time goes, like between yeah. this and Jakku. Like, yeah, it's a weird time period. I did like the stuff with Leia before the wedding, like her struggles, like knowing about Vader and yeah, like even her like. I can't remember how much we've seen of this before, but like her struggles with Luke and being like. Yeah, man, that's cool that, you know, you saw Anakin, but I'm not calling him that. Like, and I don't care what you say about tell her there was good in me. He can go F himself. Um, I really liked it. And there was that good scene by the where she finds the funeral pyre and gets a little angry. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've said that for forever, right? How much does it suck to be Leia in this situation? Because she didn't get that moment mm-hmm. of grace. And and why the hell should she forgive mm-hmm. him or, or anything like that? You know, a couple other quick stuff in that area, that part of the book I liked. I really liked Han's reaction to her telling him, where he's just kind of like, "All right," yeah. <laughs> like, and then he kind of thinks about it later, and he's like, "Nah, it's good. That's fine." <laughs> yeah, he thinks about it. He, he he says he says he says cool, yeah. and then yeah, he thinks about it a little later, and he's kind of like, eh. <laughs> and then he's like, "Nah, it's cool." It's cool. Yeah. I like how that ties in the bloodline, though. Yeah. Yes. This is very nicely, very nicely tied into bloodline because this secret's not going to go any farther than what we see here. Well, and I like that she was initially conflicted about training, about the force itself because of all the stuff that she went through with Vader. She didn't know if she wanted to train. She didn't know if she wanted to be a part of the force because she was afraid that she was capable of the things that he did. Yeah, the fact that, like you said, that Luke was kind of very aggressively like, now it's time to come with me and go, you know, wander the wander the galaxy to become a Jedi, and she's like, no, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. So then we get into what may be the most fabulous thing that's happened in Star Wars New Canon: Ewok bachelor party. Yes. <laughs> well, they're having a nice, nice human bachelor party. Yeah. First. And then the Ewoks crash it with some weird drinks and <laughs> yeah. tearing the place up and yeah. <laughs> set it on fire. Yeah, we got to get C-3PO to pretend he's a god again to break it up like the gods <laughs> show up. Oh, it's great. If I was it, 3PO, I'd never leave that place. <laughs> for real, it's the only place he gets respect. It, the only place. It's the only place anyone cares one damn bit about him. 
He's a, he's literally a god. Um, so then we get our wedding, which I thought the wedding was well done. I liked you know the Ewok and Logre and Chirpa and all them like button in with their yeah. like, nope, yeah. this is how we're doing it. <laughs> Overriding Luke. Um, I uh, do y'all know or did you see? So her dress, you know, that was a big thing they released, which is fine. Who really cares about the dress? The flowers, however, are very important. Do y'all know what the flowers are from? Nope. Those are the flowers from Caravan of Courage. Are they? It was one of the specific things they asked for when it was being drawn and explained. Those are, that's the bouquet from Caravan of Courage. Wow. Sweet. Um, I'm okay with that. I, I really, as an Ewok fan, I was a big fan of how they uh, treated the Ewoks in this. Mm-hmm. I, thought they, I thought they wrote them really well. Yeah, it's all this stuff like the amber lighting up and the whatever those the like, books were. They were silly and they were funny, but then also you had Lil Grey and Chirpa who were not. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I don't know. I, I, I liked I liked the depiction of the Ewoks in this. And it and we again there's more confirmation in this that they do eat people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So we also get Leia. It's not a hundred percent said. But she accesses the force, like, and seems to say, like, her force power is, like, some sort of, like, I don't know, memory kind of thing. Because she, they talk about, you know, the Alderaan, she can, like, feel uh, Bale there, and she can feel Bria and the sword, like, she can actually feel the weight of it. And then they kind of use that to explain that's how she remembers her mother. Her mom, yeah. Like, that's a big thing to put in Princess and the Scoundrel. That's been one of, like, the biggest questions. Yeah, this is this attempts to answer it. Yeah. That apparently um, this is what she can do. It's just, it's what, it's what she can do, or it's just, even, even without that context, it's just because she's so powerful with the Force. Now her mother was not. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she was so powerful in the Force that she would just have this memory. That she's cap- she's capable of having this memory because of the force because it was imprinted in the force in a way that we're not capable of having this memory because yeah and I don't think they're not force ghosts that she's conjuring Mm-mm. it's like she's like yeah manifesting memories or something yeah I did like another really nice moment in the wedding that I it was a good touch is Luke says the line you know those we love are never gone which is the last line he says to her in uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Yeah. I thought that was a cool touch. Yeah. And Mon Mosma, party planner. Good job, Mon Mosma. <laughs> they, also, they also, though, explain away, uh, they also have the moment um, where Luke and Han discuss the kiss. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> they also have that where we finally, we finally they finally address the the hot brother-sister kiss from Empire Strikes Back. Oh, but they're and, so awkward about it. Well, as and they, they should be. As they should be. And they come up with the only possible solution to it, which yeah. is to never speak of it again. Just not going to talk about what was going on with that business. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was funny. One thing this book does well, I have some problems with it, but one thing, thing that this book does well is to understand Han's... Um, Han just woke up. Yeah. 
Amma's gone for a year and he just, and it's not like he was gone for a year and a year's past. A cu- like a couple, like he woke up and within like a week he's on Endor. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. That's like, actually my biggest note of this book. Yeah. Is that, that, that he lost the year of his life, but he, he woke up in the shit, uh-huh. you know, he woke up and all of a sudden, sudden, you know, Leia's there and, 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 and in love with him and, and he's his Jabba's and all this stuff, and all of a sudden he finds himself leading a mission on a plan on on this moon with these teddy bears and all this stuff. And he just he just woke up after being asleep for a year. Mm-hmm. And not yeah. only the mission, like they talk about, like Leia and Chewie had this whole new relationship, yeah, where they're like tight. And that felt like a dig at the Force Awakens. Yeah, it kind of did. <laughs> it felt like a little bit of a dig at the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, no, the, and, and yeah, and Han thinks like, when did Chewie and Leia get so close? Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, good Kira mission. Oh like, yeah, I was gonna say that that truth bomb. I met Kira. Yeah, which was a reference to the comics, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Notice that Kira's fate is never mentioned. Oh yeah, I kept waiting to like a hint for that or something, but they played <laughs> yeah. close. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I guess we didn't mention the kind of structure of this book. With the alternating Han Leia chapters, um, I thought it was really effective as far as being able to see kind of what both of them think and where both of them are at. Beth, did you listen to it? I listened and read. I did both. Um, only thing that bugs me about the back and forth of the two different narrators is you've got a female reader right there. And yet I have to listen to Mark Thompson, try and do a woman's voice yet again. Yeah. So in the audio book, they got, they got two narrators, um, a male and a female narrator, but to, you know, to, to read each other's chapters, but they don't, but they still have to do their male and female impressions when they, when there's, when they're reading the chapter, it's not fully, it's not fully, it's not fully produced in that, that way. Right. It does. It's not like an audio play. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's just, it's an audio book. So the, when the, when they get to the character that they, when, when she gets to Han, she has to do her Han solo voice. Right. And Mark Thompson has to do his Leia voice when he's doing a Han chapter. Uh, so it's a little awkward in that way. I would say I've noticed, I noticed that too, but, but I think in general, I think going back and forth, yeah, it makes sense. It's the princess and the scoundrel. It's their book. So we finally get to the Halcyon. Like we said, yes. little restrained. Although they did use the word luxury like 50 times. A lot. So I was like, please stop yeah. using that word. <laughs> Good lord. I get it, Han. You love those weird cream puff things. I'm sure I can purchase them. Yeah, the, oh, the cream puffs, I think they're definitely on the menu. I think they're in the cookbook. Yeah. Um, By the way, I would totally, I'm sure I would love them. Yeah. Sounds great. Cream puff. Sounds great. Yeah. And we get some more like comic tie in as far as like the Halcyon being under hut control for a little while. And now they've got it back and all that kind of stuff. So when Han, you know, obviously, well, before we get there, I, I did like, you know, all these high society folks are hanging out on the Halcyon and they're basically like, yeah, whatever. Like, cool. Yeah. There's a new government control. How are we going to make our money? Like, yeah. And them kind of 
crap talking on Leia, like within earshot of her. And yeah, I, I did. I like that too. The fact that it was it, to, to the, to the, and it, this is, you know, it's real close to home, but to the ultra rich, it really doesn't matter who wins or loses. Mm-hmm. You know, they really, they really don't care to, to, to the people in real power. It doesn't matter to them. You know, it was an interesting observation. Okay, let's get let's let's get this out first. Okay. This is uh, how how big is this book? Three fifty four hundred pages. I don't know. I only I, listen, right I, only, I only listen to it. It is three hundred and forty. Yeah, forty four. Okay, so three hundred fifty pages of Han Solo trying to get laid. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what this is. It it, it might as well be an eighties teen comedy at times. I, except all, that all he Han does wants. get laid. A bunch. He does get laid, but not as often as he wants. That's all he wants to do. And again, he just woke up. <laughs> he just woke up. Well, somebody made him wake up after a year and get married with yeah. teddy bears. So, you know, what else is he going to do? It's going to take me take uh, me a minute to, to, you know, get my head together. Let's, uh, let's is, bang while that happens. This is now the horniest Star Wars book. <laughs> this is hornier than Dark Disciple. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's just more explicit, and it's just you know, like no, they are on their honeymoon, and they know what they're supposed to be doing on their honeymoon, mm-hmm. and they discuss it a lot. And uh, and yeah, it is definitely the horniest of all the Star Wars books. Han is quite insatiable. I like when he gets denied because Leia's off trying to do, you know, Republic stuff. He hits the tables in true honeymoon fashion. Yeah. I'm hit the tables. <laughs> it's, it goes in. Finding yeah, a, a legal Sabacc game. I, I did like that they got onto the ship. They're yeah. hanging out. They're there for five minutes. She gets into a conversation he doesn't want to have nothing to do with. And, and then all of a sudden, yeah, he's down in the engine room playing Sabacc. That whole, I thought that crew the ones around the table were going to be a little more, I mean, outside of Keelan, like, Keelan. yeah, I thought they were going to be a little more important. Yeah. I thought were. we'd see them again and we didn't. Yeah. You kind of see the one security officer. He kind of helps them out at the end and you right. know, does that. Keelan. I, I like that character. Like, I don't like him, but I thought it was like a good character for the time period. Like this scumbag who's just trying to make some money off his tractor beam. And then yep. even in the end, when he kind of save helps saves the day, he's like, yeah, no, you're going to, you're going to pay me for this. <laughs> like You'd like him a little less if you heard him. Oh yeah. Voice was yeah. a little annoying. Oh really? Oh, yeah. I didn't like, like the character. I just thought it was a well-written kind of idea. No, I did too. I did too. Yeah. Well, the guy who, who the, you know, there, cause there's the, in the poker game and in, in the Sabat game, there's also that Lissat who, mm-hmm obviously doesn't like the empire too much. Mm-hmm. And when they find out that he worked for the empire, even if he was just a contractor, you know, it, it, it is, it, it almost took me back to alphabet squadron. Yeah. You know, just that sense of like, it, you know, if you, if you worked there at any time, when was the time that it was okay to like, when are you no longer on the hook for that? And he's a scumbag to the end. I like his plan of like, yeah, dude, we could totally nab that princess. Yeah. <laughs> Make a little cash. I thought that was good. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Han's going to shoot that dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Guess who's shooting first this time? Yeah. Um, and I, I do like that Han p- does put him in the escape pod. 
Yeah. Like, like he was like, I could do the same thing to him. <laughs> yeah. And then says like, well, I didn't kill him. Like, come on, y'all. So when we get down to the planet, I thought the book, I didn't love all the planet stuff. It, I mean, it was fine. You know, the, the ominous black tower. And I'm glad they didn't try to play it off as a mystery too long. Like, and it was a nice reveal that, yeah, we, they were purposely showing you that stuff. Like, I really thought for a minute they were going to be like, oh, yeah, they're totally working with the Empire. And that's not what it was. Right. Yeah. Um, it, the middle part or the, the planet parts felt very familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole like we find a planet, it's it's being the Imperials are bleeding it dry of some resource or whatever, and, and they have to team up with the with the locals to fight back. It just I feel like we've gotten that story before. No, I can't come up with a particular instance, but it feels I, like I got a I got a Utapau feel for a minute. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Like a hey, they're up there. They're in the tower that you didn't notice. Like what else? I mean, like I said, or really that middle part kind of it's fine. Like you know, there's some getting trapped under the ice and things like. Yeah, that. I thought that that stuff was effective. I mean, you know, yeah. they're going to be okay, but I thought it was a pretty harrowing sequence. Yeah. When they went and underwater. I like exotic space name Agent Alicia Beck, <laughs> who is from Shattered Empire. Um, and Smuggler's Run. She's ah, Smuggler's Run too. so yeah. they make it sound like I should know who that is, but I should only know who that is if I've read the comics. Well, Smuggler's yeah. Run is uh, um, it's kids a kid's book. book. Yeah, it's a kid's book. Oh. But that's, uh, that's where you've Han takes Beck's eye. That's why she has the In a kid's book? That's why they get so mad. Yeah, I think like it's like a middle readers. Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do all sorts of things in those books. Yeah. Like take out eyes. Um. What else? I thought the climax of her getting the big beasts to come, but that it was a kind of passive force power. Right. Worked well because Leia does like Leia is more passive force user. If that makes sense. Yeah, she's not. Well, she's not because she's not because when she actively tries to engage in it, she doesn't know how. Because mm-hmm. when they, during this the scene where they're trapped under the ice, she's trying to reach out to the force to help her. And that doesn't doesn't help. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. It's only, you know, so she can only at this point touch it passively, you know, um, on, on accident, basically. I did start to wonder at the end when you know the earthquakes and all that stuff and when they figure out like yeah you take that thing out this planet is still blowing up i yeah. was like well hell are they actually gonna destroy the planet and i kind of wish they had like that's that's where i was expecting it to go it would have been a much darker ending i guess um yeah but they got all the people off so yeah, like I would have been cool with them like taking all the people off, but then like the Empire destroyed this like beautiful thing, even though it's over, or they feel like it's yeah. over. Like I think that would have been a little more gave it a little. Yeah, more if they if they had suffered a uh, more of a loss, 
yeah. at the end of the day, you know, after the win. Yeah, I could see that. It would have been maybe a little more impactful. The whole the whole plot of this revolves around the fact that the Chandrilla star lines were nationalized by the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. And that they are launching within weeks Not even of the destruction weeks. of the Death Star. It's quick. They are launching yeah. their a voyage to celebrate the fact they're no longer under Imperial control. They are launching it from Chandrilla. You're telling me with Mon Mothma as the head of the Alliance, there is no Imperial presence on Chandrilla. That has to be like, to me, Chandrilla, Chandrilla has to be completely under Imperial control. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it these, it's, it's, it's going too fast. This thing, you know, like their honeymoon should be like, they should have put off their honeymoon till after Jakku. Mm-hmm. And then we could get this story, you know, but but all I'm sitting there going is like this stuff isn't making sense. The Empire just doesn't. And the book knows the Empire doesn't just vanish because half the time that's what it's talking about is the fact that the Empire is not going away right away. And there's so much war to do. Right. They're being it, they're being rushed through everything to get back to work. But but they're still gone for two weeks while the Empire isn't. I, I wasn't sure how it lined. I wasn't sure how why Chandrilla didn't have an imperial presence and how they could have gotten that, rid of that imperial presence. And, and, uh, I, and it all happened in a matter of days and weeks. I think they really wanted the wedding on indoor. Like they wanted that Ewok scene. And so they just rode around it. Like, yeah, they know that's a set piece they want. And so the other stuff just kind of has to be there. I think it, it loses some steam when they get to the planet. It does. You know, like I, I think it's a, again, it's a really fun character, fun and, and, and uh, funny at times and true to character and sexy romantic character piece. Mm-hmm. And then, and then yet again, as we've had this happen last year over the last year, the plot comes and gets in the way and the plot isn't that original. It's kind of cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. The empire is destroying a planet in some fashion and that they have to stop it. It's well, once, once again, the plot is incidental to the character building and the character building is good, mm-hmm. but I'd like it if we had a little more plot to go with our character studies yeah, I think I could have read the rest of the book of just them on the Halcyon and like just getting navigating in trouble. their relationship and all that kind of stuff. Like navigating their relationship, getting into some kind of trouble, of course. Yeah. You know, you know, you you could have put a danger on the Halcyon that they have to overcome in one way or another, but putting them on the planet just kind of slowed everything down and it and it it I wanted more of I this is the silly part. I I wanted more of a galactic cruise than I got. Right. We didn't is, really get, yeah. we didn't get a galactic cruise. We got one stop shopping. Mm-hmm. We stopped at one place. And I think they missed with that. Like there was an opportunity to have the Halcyon go to all these different planets and just see how jacked up like the empires made things. Have them stop at very, make it a little more episodic even. You know, they, they stop 
they stop at this place and, and they have this little adventure or this, this little thing. Some places are more eventful than others. It doesn't have to be every planet they get into danger or anything. Mm-hmm. But have it be a little more of a, of a trip. I mean, know? you could almost like having all the rich, you know, influencers of the galaxy, like throw like an undercover ISB agent on there who's right. trying yeah. to recruit some people to get some more money, like kind of a last Jedi-esque canto bite right these people don't care whose side it is thing put in a murder mystery yeah throw in a knives out murder mystery get ryan johnson in here murder on the orient express but in space i wouldn't have objected to that just a bunch of han and leia bickering and then taking their clothes off and then bickering some more (laughs) a bunch of that a bunch of the halcyon and then yeah and then a whodunit yeah that would have been yeah. fun too. Who would have thought we would have been wanting more Halcyon? <laughs> I'm yeah. as surprised as anyone. And it, yeah, it wasn't the ship itself. It just, but you're right. Yeah, I just, I wanted to see more. Of, I wanted to see more of the galaxy through the point of view of where they're at. And you're right. It was, it's a big opportunity they missed because they could have shown you, they could have gone to a place like Corellia mm-hmm. to see what it looks like under the empire. They could have gone to various places, but you know, and you could have tied that in with, yeah, this thing is far from over. Yeah. Like, you know, they could jump out in one place and, uh Oh, tie fighters. <laughs> and they got hit. Well, they could have even gone the other way and had almost no Imperial and just had them coming out. And all of a sudden the crim- they could see like the criminal organizations taking advantage of all of it and kind of had that story of, yeah, look, your fight with the empire may be going well, but the galaxy is screwed right now. Cause y'all can't figure out, you don't have a government in place. And here comes yeah. black sun and crimson dawn and everybody who's been lying low. Yeah. They, the, the they, they, they do make it out in the book that Mon Mothma has like a more even head about it. Like she, she, Mon Mothma understood what was going to happen if they want, you know, she, she, she knows what's going to happen if they lose, but she also knew what was going to happen if they won and that she just had to, you know, they have to acknowledge that it's going to be messy, that it was going to be messy and they weren't going to necessarily get what they wanted out of it but they felt such a moral obligation to fight that fight that they did it. But like she, she knows what a pain in the ass it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, she basically says it, you know, like, like we, we, we knew the criminal empire, criminal enterprises were going to take over. We knew that fuel was going to be a problem. We knew that this was going to be a problem, but we did it anyway. So whether or not they're ready for it, I mean, they do end up building a government. A really, really good one. As far as we know, but, <laughs> you know, they do end up building a functional government, you know, with, with a Senate, a Senate and things like that. I mean, I would say that overall, I like this book more than I thought I was going to. I was prepared for a 344 page commercial. <laughs> I, I thought we were in for another Black Spire. Yeah. Where here, here's a little bit of two characters that you know if you read this one book and uh, the rest of it's just a sales brochure. I didn't read Black Spire, but um, this is better than I expected it to be as well. 
Um, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. I mean, I will say overall, it's better than Han faking his way into becoming a king and all that nonsense in the courtship of Princess Leia. Yeah, the people who were freaking out about this book coming out saying, we already have the courtship of Princess Leia. This is well, this is less silly. Yeah, but this is a lot get, less uh, silly. You don't get night sisters in this book. That is true. That is true. Although that could be in our next stop on the Halcyon, Dathomir. Dathomir. <laughs> Visit scenic Dathomir. The Falcon's been more my home than any place since she stopped redirecting her thoughts for more than a year. I love it. Good. <laughs> Uh, but I'm adding some things, for you, at least, to make it more, uh, I don't know, uh, homey? He was doing this all wrong. Homey? Uh, Chewie's making some modifications for you. Us. Uh, you. Like what? She looked befuddled. Well, uh, cleaning up some. That will be nice. It wasn't that bad. Leia didn't bother answering. And adding a kitchen area. <laughs> a kitchen? What? <laughs> I thought you'd like it. Do you think I can cook? <laughs> well, I don't know. I just thought... <laughs> a kitchen! <laughs> Leia had tears in her eyes again, this time from laughter. <laughs> I thought it was a nice thing to do. Oh, it's very nice. <laughs> so, uh, Beth, what are we going to read next time? Next time, we are going to read Shadow Hunter by Michael Reeves, because it is newly narrated by Sam Witwer. I highly recommend it. Even if you've read it, I recommend you listen to the audiobook. I'll get to use one of my favorite phrase from 1999 Toy Isles. Ooh, Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll play us out. Schweck, please play us out. Romance. <laughs> Next week on the Halcyon, Andy Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. thank you guys and thanks everyone for joining us we will talk to you all soon the halcyon <laughs>